Welcome to the Future Smart Parent Podcast, a place where my mom explores how to help us kids develop a new set of skills we need to face the future with confidence. I'm Jude Filston, an introverted mom trying my best to raise kids who are happy and confident, kids who embrace all that makes them unique while preparing them for an exciting future that really looks nothing like the world we grew up in. I believe there's a whole set of skills that our kids aren't being taught. These skills will be critical for them to develop in order to thrive in the future. It's up to us as parents to help them develop these skills. The Future Smart Parent podcast provides resources for parents and kids who want to be ready for all the ways in which the future is going to be different from today. We will explore this future together, bringing insights from top futurists, resources from smart people working on making our lives better, and most importantly, stories of parents who are parenting a little differently, yet very much intentionally for a changing world. So join me as we explore how we can be future smart parents raising future smart kids. In today's episode, I chat with Paul Bushel. Paul is a psychologist and regular commentator on emotional intelligence, parenting, career development, and meaningful living. Paul is also an author, and his second book, Hashtag Raising Mindful Kids, is just about to be launched and promises to be a beautiful mindfulness toolkit for both adults and children. And so, in today's episode, Paul and I chat about all things mindfulness, what it is, why we should develop our mindfulness muscle, and how, as busy parents, we can incorporate it into our lives. So welcome to the podcast, Paul. I am so excited to to get to chat to you. Um, Mindfulness is the topic of today, and I think of perhaps the year. Um, So I'm excited that we get to chat. So welcome. Jude, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I so look forward to it. So, to really kick off the conversation, uh, the word mindfulness, it's kind of everywhere, and we we all kind of know we should be mindful, but um, it can kind of be overwhelming for me sometimes, because A, I don't know really what it is, if I have to be totally honest. So, I would love to just jump into this conversation and start off with kind of what is mindfulness, and why is it so important? Yeah, so I think it can, like so many things on the parenting journey, sound like another thing that I have to do. Uh, And this feels quite overwhelming. It feels quite intimidating. It kind of can add to that parent anxiety, like, am I missing out on something crucial? Is my child going to be uh, damaged if I don't do this? So like with so much of our work at Hashtag Raising Kids, uh, I want to start off the conversation by just saying that this is not this book. Uh, talking about mindfulness on the parenting journey is not meant to feed to, into that anxiety. And I think if you would like to start introducing mindful practices and techniques and tools into your family's life, to be very conscious of the fact that it does take practice. Uh, it's not necessarily always so natural or easy. Sometimes it can be quite hard. Uh, And if you and your family have been through something traumatic or you are working through big feelings, um, it can be advisable to just check in with your your team around your family, the professionals around your family, uh, and talk about how do we introduce mindfulness in the safest way possible. But having said that, 
mindfulness, there, I suppose there are varying degrees of, of where you can take mindfulness. But, but in short, and maybe it's a, a nice definition for us to be using in this conversation, your mindfulness is just really taking your senses, taking your brain and your body uh, and your senses and connecting with the here and now in a very open, non-judgmental, accepting, kind, kind of way. And why that is useful is because our brains and our bodies spend a lot of time uh, anticipating things in the future. What if? Worst case scenario. Uh, and that's very useful as a way of trying to keep us safe and alive. Uh, but it can be quite exhausting. Our brain is also programmed to hold on to stuff from the past as a way of making sure we don't do it again. So if you can imagine your brain flip-flopping between the future and the past a lot, uh, connecting with the here and now is a really useful way of giving brain, body, self a chance to just relax and restore. But we can also use these techniques uh, as a way of, of connecting with ourselves and others, uh, as a way of reflecting, accessing our awareness uh, to, to reflect on our thoughts and our feelings and our behaviors and situations in our life which is a really cool ability that we have as human beings. And then, of course, we can use mindfulness also in terms of our emotional and physical self-regulation. On the note of, of reflection, I was, was listening to a podcast the other day, and I never realized why we were called Homo sapiens sapiens. And in the podcast, they spoke about that, yeah, the sapiens part of that refers to our ability to, to think. And the second sapiens refers to the human ability to uh, have metacognition or the ability to think about our thinking. Mindfulness really allows us to access that, to kind of pause and be like, what am I thinking about here? And, and what is going on yeah. with those thoughts? Are they true? Are they useful? Are they kind? Where are they coming from? Uh, to stop and pause and reflect on different emotions that we're having uh, and try access around, oh, what are you trying to tell me? Where are you coming from? And then, of course, moving into what I can do with that. And do you think? Um, mindfulness, I mean, it's not a new thing, but why is it so prevalent or why is it such a thing at the moment? Is it just because life has got busier? I know anxiety is such a, when we were kids, I can't remember anxiety being such a big thing in so many lives, kids especially. Um, do you think it's just our lifestyles that now, um, that, that create this anxiety and I, I mean I'm presuming from what you've said is mindfulness is a great tool to help our kids with anxiety and ourselves of course what do you think about that absolutely so there's more and more research which suggests uh, I think tragically uh, that anxiety and depression are certainly on the rise amongst young people and I think that's very worrying for all of us to to know what to do with and following on from that, there's also really more and more research coming out that mindfulness and mindfulness practices can be wonderful tools for adults and young people uh, to use in managing that anxiety. You know, we, there's no doubt we live uh, in a constantly changing world. And although change is not new to the human story, you know, I always say that the the Stone Age became a Bronze Age. The Bronze Age became an Iron Age. Uh, we had a couple of industrial revolutions. So change is not necessarily new to the human story. But the kind of change that we're seeing at the moment is 
unprecedented uh, in its rapidness. Uh, and I think that is just because of the kind of technology that we have access to uh, and that continues to emerge. And of course, globalization. So you know, things are certainly moving at a very fast rate, sometimes at a speed which I think our brains and our bodies are not necessarily designed uh, to, to move that quickly. Um, and I think that's part of, of, of these, these rising rates of, of anxiety that we are seeing uh, amongst kids, but also amongst adults as well. And so I think there is a need for us to pause and start working on our toolboxes. Um, and mindfulness is a really useful complement, uh, add-on to those toolboxes. You know, I'm not certainly not sitting here saying that mindfulness is the be-all and the end-all, but emotional toolboxes can have lots of different tools in it. I mean, I don't know much about the, the whole neuroscience behind it, but it's exactly that. It's kind of helping, well, as I understand it, it's helping our brains catch up to the time we're in at the moment. It's not about sort of the caveman behavior that was required. It's, it's helping our brains think more than just run or fright or flight. And this is a tool to help us, I suppose, as you were saying, think about our thinking. Yeah. So if you can imagine it almost, you know, coming from a cognitive behavioral framework, uh, situations are interpreted via our senses, which then generate certain thoughts in different parts of our brain at different times. Those thoughts then result in feelings and emotions. Those feelings and emotions have to go somewhere. And so they become reflected in our behavior in some way. Mindfulness practices and tools and techniques can be really useful in creating sort of golden spaces, uh, little gaps between those thoughts and those feelings and those feelings and those behaviors. So they're not a, as a way of overriding emotions or overriding thoughts so much as just kind of creating those pauses in between that cycle where we can access you know, higher order parts of our, of our brain, uh, where we can acknowledge certain thoughts uh, and grapple with them. And we can acknowledge certain feelings and sit with them. Uh, and then we can access our ability to, uh, you know, not coming from a, an overly privileged perspective. You know, I know choices sometimes can sometimes feel quite loaded in a privileged space, uh, but certainly uh, access our ability to choose uh, in different situations within within reason. Uh, you know, I'm very conscious of the fact that some situations are to access that ability to to choose are are harder, uh, but in theory, that's what we are working towards. Where I can start to access my agency uh, and be an agent for hopefully change in in my life. I was going to ask you about that, and maybe we can talk about um, your book that is actually being launched. I know it's, it'll be launched in a few weeks, called Raising Mindful Kids. I've already got my my order in and I'm so excited to get it. And my question, and I think your book might be talking to that, is how do you use the book or how do you practice mindfulness? Is it sort of specific moments in the day, like when you lose your temper and then you kind of draw on your tools to be mindful and to breathe and whatever? Is it that and also kind of a daily practice? Or do you know what I'm trying to ask sure, here? Like, sure. Absolutely. Yeah? So as with our first Hashtag Raising Kids book, we certainly, as do you guys I know, uh, don't subscribe to the idea that there's a perfect parenting model or, or formula, uh, that I think it's a, it's a wonderfully tough job 
uh, and every family is different and navigating different circumstances. And yeah, these tools and techniques um, need to be adjusted and adapted to suit you and, and what works within your family. So in this book, we've also created something which I, I love the idea of families opening up the book and being like, we're going to try this activity today, or we're going to try this activity this week, as opposed to it feeling like we've got to do all these steps and we can't get it wrong. Yeah, we've tried to create something which is very easy to access and, and interactive. And I, I think in so far as mindfulness is concerned, it's, it's important to remember, we spoke a little bit earlier about the neuroscience and, and the speed with which thoughts become feelings and become behaviors in, in, in many situations. And that's all part of our natural wiring, where our brain is designed to keep us more alive uh, than it is to keep us happy, right? Uh, so sometimes when we're introducing these mindful practices, it can feel really hard. Uh, it can feel really counterintuitive to your brain and your body when I'm confronted by something hard uh, to, to pause, uh, when my brain is saying, run, okay, uh, or to take a few deep breaths when my body uh, is getting ready to engage in, in sort of being hyper alert. So it's to be quite conscious of the fact that you're introducing these techni techniques, especially with younger people, can feel quite counterintuitive sometimes, and to just be gentle with that fact. So I would almost encourage families using the book. We've got a chapter called Everyday Mindfulness, and we've got another chapter called Mindfulness Fun, uh, to kind of start introducing these techniques as part of your, your every day, your every week, uh, and make them something which is that we do together, which I think is a wonderful way of fostering connection, which I think through COVID has certainly been something that has stood out for me, that as human beings, we really, really value that. And kids just want to connect with their parents, with the adults in, in their life. So introducing it as a starting point is something which is just a way of you and me connecting. And we're also doing that in a way where we're throwing in some tools like breathing or affirmations or visualizations or what we talk about in the book is dropping an anchor, slowing the moment down in, in fun, accessible ways in the hopes that when we do get to some of those hard moments, when we are feeling overwhelmed by a situation uh, or thought or feeling we can then practice some of those things that we have done together. I tend to forget that the brain is is a muscle. And so the more we practice, the more um, natural it will come, come to us. Yeah, and, and I'm presuming the more we, we practice it, the more we are aware of it, the easier it will become as we move along this journey. Absolutely. So, yeah, we know that especially in childhood, uh, the ability to sort of grow and form healthy neuropathways is, is much easier uh, than when we get older. So the, the sooner we start to introduce some of these uh, tools and techniques, the more sort of you know, natural they become for, for young people. And we've got to manage our expectations around this, of course. Uh, you know, we can't expect our kids to be hitting the lotus position and levitating for 20 minutes a day. Um, that's not going to happen. Uh, but if we could manage for our younger kids a minute a day where we can kind of just well, really choose to be still and quiet and to try still our brain. Yeah, that's a wonderful place to, to be starting your mindfulness practice. And as it becomes more natural or familiar and easier, we can start to increase the amount of time uh, we do dedicate uh, to that. So, Paul, with regards to the book, Tell me what you love the most about this book. Why should us parents be excited to get this book? Like what makes this book special? Yeah, oh, what a wonderful question. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I think I love the book because, like the first book, uh, I think we've created something which is you know, very beautiful. Uh, I think we've created something which is, hopefully, that's the way that I've experienced it and people who've engaged with it already have experienced it. It's, yeah, it's, it's really adopts an attitude of non-judgment and openness and acceptance um, that there's not a strict formula. I, I really hope it doesn't become a piece that pressurizes or adds to anxiety. So, and I think we have achieved that in this. I hope it becomes just a, yeah, uh, a resource that parents can pick up for inspiration, uh, for some ideas, mostly to two things, to create moments of connection with the young people in their life. Uh, I, I really want to emphasize that, that yeah, as, as the adults in the room, we have so much to give young people. Uh, and, I, and I hope that mindfulness kind of creates an invitation to, to slow down together uh, and to be with one another just as we are in this moment without all the flashing lights and the distractions and the notifications and all the pressure to do bigger and better and more uh, when actually just being with each other in this here and now is so beautiful and so valuable and growing on top of that, hopefully it becomes yeah, part of the toolbox for families of things that they can do that work for them around reflection uh, and, and physical and emotional regulation. I couldn't agree more. And um, I mean, I'm so excited for, for your upcoming book. But I, I, I think what I love about the first book, uh, Raising Kids, I remember when, when I first got hold of it and I was sitting with you and I'm like, well, what do I do? How do I use this book and and what's right and what's wrong? And you're like, just relax. You can just dip <laughs> into it. You can use it as you want. And I'm like, it was such a relief that there was almost no right or wrong. I didn't have to read the full book because, I mean, whoever finishes a full parenting book and then it's sitting on your on your bedside table and you're feeling guilty because you haven't finished the book. And that's what I love so much about your first book is that you can really just dip in and dip out, take, you know, take what really um, works for you. Um, so, yeah, there, I'm there's, there's, there's nothing worse than that book that like stares back at you, uh, oh. kind of like with judgment. Uh, and uh, yeah, I really hope that we've created something that has, has yeah, kind, of a, kind of a coffee table kind of feel about it. It's there, I can access it and hopefully be inspired or get an idea from it and put it down and just enjoy the fact that it's there when, whenever I need to go there. So I really, really hope that we've captured that in, in the second book as well. In our house, it's, it's conversation starters, but then with the, the toolkit that helps kind of uh, carry on those conversations and, and implement it. We're very excited. Tell me, where can we find the book? I know that we can pre-order because I've pre-ordered. So tell us a little bit about where we can find that and, and yourself. Sure. So yeah, we are running, of course, a pre-order discount at the moment. And so the book is available on our online store, which you can access either at my website, which is bushel.co.za, or you can access it through our Instagram page, which is at raisingkids.sa. Awesome. And there's some, um, I'll link to this in, in the show notes, but there are also some wonderful uh, blog posts that are short and just give you some insights uh, for now while we wait for the book. So feel free to go there. I'll put links in the show notes. 
But yeah, um, we're excited, Paul. We're very excited. Uh, any parting words for our parents who are who are listening? Yeah, I think to to just kind of hold on to the affirmation that although constant reflection uh, on the parenting journey uh, and being conscious as much as you can on that journey has so much value to just keep affirming and reminding yourself that you are a gift to your kids uh, and that your love and your care for them is most of the time uh, all that they need um, and to kind of just keep reassuring yourself of, of that. Perfect. Perfect way just to end this conversation. So thank you. I appreciate your time today and we look forward to chatting to you again soon and all the best for the book launch. Uh, it's always wonderful spending time with you. And thank you for the amazing work that you do. And I know you'll now, you'll now catch up soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Future Smart Parent podcast. As always, we'd really appreciate a review to help us reach more parents. And we invite you to join our Facebook group where you can engage with other Future Smart parents.